You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Fantasy Football Today DFS. This is your game-by-game preview. My name is Sia Najad. I am, of course, paired with Mike McCourt. Every single Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, we're going to take you through our favorite plays from each and every game for the main slate. Mike, how's it going today? Doing well, Sia. Coming off an exciting Thursday night football game last night. Uh, Had a massive showdown sweat. Uh, For those of you not familiar with showdown, do not look at your currently winning with only a minute or two left in the game because uh, it can change rapidly. Uh, you know, before the final drive, I was profiting about $13,000. Mm. And after the final drive, I ended up losing $800 on the slate. Wow. And so what did you win ultimately on that final drive? Uh, just the score. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, just the scoring. Yep. So, yeah, very, very Cousins ended up passing and being the most optimal quarterback. And then there became a, a massive split at the top of the tournament where the million dollar first place prize became four thousand dollars because that's how many people had that exact lineup. Uh, so I got bumped significantly down with my top lineup. So I had 88 total lineups was looking really good until the chalk lineup destroyed us. Yeah, I noticed that, too, because I actually had a couple contrarian. I mean, I had some conventional plays uh, in showdown in terms of lineups, but I had one with Jordan Addison as the captain. And after he caught that long touchdown, uh, I was looking really good because I had Swift in that lineup. I even had uh, Jake Elliott uh, and, and Jalen Hurts. And I actually thought I had a shot. It was kind of like in, in one of those lottery contests, which I don't normally play. But I thought I had a shot maybe at something special if Addison caught another touchdown. But we saw K.J. Osborne catch the wide open pass. Uh, speaking of DraftKings, by the way, our FFT DFS contest, which I did a really poor job of promoting last week. Um, that's live. The link is in the description. The link is in the description of, of YouTube and the, the podcast. So if you're, if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, please click on the contest. It's only five bucks. I forgot to give a shout out to our winner last week. So I'll make sure that on the Tuesday recap, I give him a shout out. I believe it's a it's a him in this case and our week two uh, winner. I'll give that person a shout out, too. So, again, our FFT DFS contest, it's only five bucks. The top 20 get paid out. We've got a 200 max on it. Let's fill it up really quick. We got it about half full already, but let's make sure, please, we get this one filled. Mike, are you ready to get started? I want to dive right into this slate. Dive right into it. Uh, a lot of intriguing matchups this week. And I think the ownership across the industry will reflect that as well. I think there's not just one clear game you have to target. Yeah. And I think, Mike, there's a lot of injuries that are, you know, we don't have definitive word on some of these injuries, but we have an idea of some guys that might be out that are like big time players. And I really want to get your opinion on, hey, do you like the backup or are you just kind of fading that backfield, for example, altogether? And in the first game I want to talk about, it's not one of the more exciting games, I'll be honest with you. It's Packers minus one and a half at the Falcons. We got around a 40-point total. I, I have it listed at 40 and a half. And what's interesting here is I don't like this game. Like, listen, I think there's players in this game that could that could splash, uh, namely Bajan Robinson and Aaron Jones if he's healthy. Uh, I think Musgrave is interesting, just like he was interesting last week. I haven't really gotten there with Musgrave in the lineups that I have formulated. Uh, but A.J. Dillon is obviously interesting if Aaron Jones is out. So, A, are you interested in this game at all? We know the pace is going to be relatively slow. That's not very helpful. Uh, A.J. Dillon's price isn't super low, so that's not very helpful. Any interest in this game? Uh, Honestly, I think the interest as of right now, you know, if Aaron Jones is confirmed out, I think Dillon is fine. I think especially in tournaments, I think he certainly still has some touchdown equity. You know, he may not have a ton of usage, but if they do have goal line situations, there's definitely scenarios that he ends that game with two touchdowns. So certainly Mm -hmm. someone you can include in your player pools. Uh, For me, it's just the tight end, uh, Musgrave. I I think that he's going to be in my player pool. 
Uh, as of right now, uh, some of that, again, is pending what happens with Kansas City, though. Uh, Kansas City, fascinating situation with Travis Kelsey. If he plays, do we pay up and play him? If he doesn't play, Noah Gray, I think you got to consider playing him again. Uh, so that would certainly change my stance on Luke Musgrave just a little bit. Uh, but as of right now, that's the only thing I can get to. I am completely off the Atlanta side of the ball. Yeah, I'm off the – I mean, I saw – you know, obviously Kyle Pitts is, is really low priced. I mean, I just don't like I first of all, this this show has never really gone in on the Kyle Pitts and the Drake Londons. I mean, if you go back to last year and even the year before that, um, just not really something that we have gotten ourselves into. So we're not going to start now, even though the price precipitously precipitously uh, continues to drop. All right. The Chargers minus three at the Titans. I think this game is really interesting. We got the Chargers as a three-point favorite visiting Tennessee. It's a 45-point total, which is not super high, but it's certainly not super low. I think there could be fireworks in this game. I think there's a lot of interesting builds from a skinny stack standpoint, from a just pure stacking standpoint that are really, really interesting here. And by the way, I think the Titans are going to cover the spread and could win this game. I'd love your thoughts on that, you being in Nashville, Tennessee. But from a DFS standpoint, Listen, I'm interested in Derrick Henry. I'm interested in some of the weapons uh, from the Chargers side. Austin Eckler, another running back that looks like he's trending towards maybe not playing. So that brings Joshua Kelly into the conversation. How are you feeling about this game? Uh, I think this game is super sneaky to stack up for sure. Uh, and it may not be sneaky, sneaky if we get the news that Eckler's ruled out. I, I think that they will naturally gravitate that way whenever you're looking for that cheap running back. Uh, look, Kelly was effective with, with playing alongside Austin Eckler. I think this team, when they're both healthy towards the end of the season, I think we'll see some scenarios where they might use both of them at, at the same time a little bit even, uh, depending on how healthy they can remain at wide receiver. So uh, I think the big story, though, in this game is Derrick Henry, right? I, mm -hmm. I think Derrick Henry is a fantastic play here. It's the home opener for the Titans. He was relatively limited uh, in week one. And it was a game they ultimately lost. I think that when you see scenarios like that and they come back home, I think he gets right back to some of that usage that we've seen from him in the past. Um, you know, I, I certainly expect Spears to be on the field a little bit, uh, but I would expect more usage for Derrick Henry here. So I, I think this is a good call out on the fact that the Titans could cover it. Uh, I have some interest in playing Derrick Henry in, in DFS. And then on the other side, I – Keenan Allen is going to be playable pretty much every week for me. Yeah, I hear that. And by the way, Joshua Kelly, if you're if you're not watching or if you're not looking at the pricing right now, Joshua Kelly is only five uh, k. So obviously, some pretty tremendous value from from a runner. By the way, if you were paying attention last year, he's always been pretty good between the tackles. And if, if Eckler is out, you would anticipate him getting some work. You know, maybe in the in the passing game as well. Real quick though, from a stacking standpoint. Are you looking at, we know the Titans secondary is, is very vulnerable, uh, continues to be vulnerable. Are you looking at some stacks with Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert and perhaps running it back with either Derrick Henry or one of the pass catchers? Uh, I think it's okay. I think the more likely scenario for me would be more of the skinny stack where I would have the Derrick Henry, Keenan Allen type of lineup. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't at this moment plan to go all in on the uh, on the Herbert stacks with them. It could change a bit if Austin Eckler is out. Uh, I do think that puts the football in Herbert's hands just a little bit more. Um, but there are some quarterbacks that I really, really like this week. The price point, you're not getting a massive discount on Justin Herbert here. Uh, so I'm going to probably not have Justin Herbert. I don't have him in my player pool as of right now here on Friday. Um, it could change. He could sneak in. But if he does it would be kind of a secondary play, not a primary stack. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, I don't have Justin Herbert in any of my stacks so far either in the lineups that I've made. So I, I'm definitely going to have a lot of Derrick Henry. And by the way, Derrick Henry is not super chalky or anything, right? So you're getting him at, at reasonable ownership. Yeah. So that's good to know. I mean, again, I think Derrick Henry against this Chargers defense, um, I, I think he could, he could really do some damage. And speaking of running backs that can do some damage, this next game, so this is really interesting to me. Raiders are nine and a half point dogs to the Bills, which – you typically in a game like that, you might not want to take the running back on the the team that's not favored, the, the underdog team. Raiders, again, plus nine and a half, 47 point total. I think Josh Jacobs is one of my favorite plays. In week one, he had a full workload. He got some of the, some passing work, but certainly a full workload with the rushing attempts. And we know he can get passing work. He's 7,100 against the Bills, who we saw get gashed by Brees Hall mainly. I mean, you know, Dalvin Cook a little bit, but even when they should have been anticipating the run against the, the Zach Wilson-led Jets, they somehow weren't able to stop Brees Hall. I like Josh Jacobs at 7,100 here. I think Josh Allen is really interesting in a bounce-back spot too. 
What are you liking here? Yeah, uh, first of all, I think Josh Allen is definitely in a bounce back spot. Uh, I think he's going to be highly motivated to come out there and play very well. Uh, gets the home opener as well. I, I think playing this game at home is going to be a great thing for him. So I, I like him. I think you could play him by himself. You could stack him up with digs. You can stack him really any way you want to do it. You want to take a flyer at tight end. Uh, I think it's totally fine there as well. Um, as far as Jacobs, I don't mind it. I'm a little bit lower on Jacobs than, than you might be here, but I get why you're there. And you certainly can't argue with the workload. Um, the workload was there. And that was something I didn't really know about when you have that kind of a quarterback change, uh, what that was going to look like. So I, I do think they're going to continue to lean on him. The price point, if he has the kind of workload that he did and what we saw last season, this price point at 7,100 should be a lot closer to 8,000. So I do think you're buying low. Um, so I, I'm not playing him as of right now, but I'm likely going to end up on some of the cheaper running backs. I think we're going to get at least one or two of them by Sunday morning. Uh, but if we don't, then Jacobs is someone I could see myself sprinkling in in tournaments. So what's interesting here on the Josh Allen side is, and I think you have this, and we'll get to Patrick Mahomes and that that high scoring, I believe it's a 51-point total with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll get to that in a little bit. But one problem you have with Josh Allen nowadays, I mean, it's not – it's not as big of a problem because Stefan Diggs is his primary receiver. But if you don't want to pay the 7,300 and the 7,100 respectively for Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, could I, could I make like a Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler type play where I take James Cook at 5,700, Josh Allen at 7,300, and I, and I try to basically gobble up all those points through the running game and the passing game? I don't mind it. Yeah, you got to find someone that's got at least some receiving upside in the passing game, and Cook clearly does. So I don't mind it in that spot. Um, I, I think it's a you know that's a strategy that we typically use a little bit more in showdown slates, where you're basically mm -hmm. when you're betting when you're employing that strategy, you're basically saying I think the Bills score a lot of points here, right? And yeah. I know that Josh Allen's going to be involved, or if he's not, it's the running back. So we're going to try and capture all these points, you're building a scenario where you think the Bills score 31 plus points, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. And it can work in a lot of situations. So I, I don't hate it. I don't think it's like obvious, which is what makes it great. It's not going to be popular, um, but it can certainly get there in a matchup like this. And let me ask you this, if you are, and by the way, I bring that up too, too because we know we have Stefan Diggs, but he, there's Gabriel Davis, Deontay Hardy, who got some work, especially in the first half, uh, Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. So it's definitely the portfolio is diversified. We don't see what we saw with the Eagles last night, where it's yeah. Devontae Smith and it's A.J. Brown. Well, it's not A.J. Brown until A.J. Brown complains <laughs> on the sideline. And then it's all A.J. Brown. So all you have to do, receiver, if you want targets, is, is complain. But um, that's the only reason I bring it up is because Josh Allen, you know, he has he ends up having a lot of targets here, even though Diggs is his primary one. One last thing on this game, Jacoby Myers, I don't think he's playing with the concussion. Would Hunter Renfro enter into the conversation at all in a negative gain script at 3,900? Or is there another receiver on this Raiders team outside of Devontae Adams, of course, that you'd consider? Um, I think I could, you could get there if you wanted a game stack it up. Uh, it's not something I'm going to do personally. I, I think there are some other value plays that I really like. But uh, definitely, I, I think Renfro is, you know, we, we just don't know what the chemistry looks like. If, if Derek Carr were still there, I think, yeah, fire away, right? Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how comfortable Jimmy is throwing to him, um, I, which is why I think, you know, Jacobs is probably a fine play. I think Jacobs still gets some work here. Um, so I'm going to avoid it personally, but – yeah, you can't argue with the price point in a game where they're very likely to be trailing by two scores. So this next game, I'm pretty sure, is my favorite. It's the Seahawks, which I think this is going to surprise some people, but it's injury-related, too, here a little bit. The Seahawks are five-and-a-half-point dogs uh, to the Detroit Lions. It's a 47-and-a-half-point total. These two teams, Mike, you recall, played each other last year, and they almost put up 100 points collectively. Yep. In that game, Jared Goff had four touchdown passes. And one thing I love about this game, and I listen, Jared Goff, 6,200, Geno Smith, 5,900. You could play both. I like the Goff side of this. I'm guessing you probably like the Goff side of this. What we love here, and I know you bring this up all the time, so I'll beat you to the punch. We love these manicured, curated environments, these dome yep. environments where these guys can absolutely go off. So my take here is, I'm going to have a lot of golf stacks and just I'm going to vary it. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be featured. Jameer Gibbs is going to be featured. Josh Reynolds is going to be featured. Not all on the same lineup. Can't do that. But I, I'm just saying like the, the, mixing those those pieces up with Jared Goff and then maybe a DK Metcalf run back. That's how I'm looking at this game. How are you looking at it? That's definitely how I'm looking at it. Um, I'm not going full as many stacks here, but I, I'm definitely having pieces of it. Uh, like Almondra St. Brown a lot. The guy that you mentioned that I like the most 
Josh Reynolds. Uh, I'd much rather play Josh Reynolds at 3,700 than try and speculate on Hunter Renfro, for example, in the previous mm-hmm. game. Uh, I like Josh Reynolds a lot. He, he's bounced around a few different NFL teams, but he's always been around some elite talent in wide receiver rooms. And I think he's a really good player, and I think he has earned a lot of respect uh, here with Detroit. I think he's going to be on the field a lot. I think he's going to be running routes. I think Seattle is going to put up a much better effort this week than they did in week one. Uh, Again, you mentioned what I always love to mention, the dome. We love controlled environments uh, where you're not dealing with elements. It's extremely comfortable for the Lions offense, which means it's going to help Seattle push their passing game a little bit as well. So I I think this one, as far as are we going to see a ton of points? Probably. Uh, We're definitely going to see a ton of yards. It's a matter of are they going to be efficient in the red zone or not, but they're definitely going to move the football between the 20s in this game on both sides. Uh, So that's where I'm going to be looking to take little pieces uh, at wide receiver and and maybe not necessarily have to stack. So like say I want to have a chief stack, right? My secondary players in my lineups are going to be coming from games like this for sure. Gotcha. So we're going to get to your top three at each position toward the end of the show. Let me ask you this as a little bit of a teaser. Is Jared Goff inside your top three or no? He is not inside my top three, but he is in my top five. So I will be having a, if I'm playing five lineups, at least one of them will be a Jared Goff lineup. Okay, sounds good. And last thing on this game is DK Metcalf, your only bring back, or are you considering JSN and uh, Tyler Lockett? And does Kenneth Walker make it into the conversation for you? Uh, Walker makes it into the conversation. I, I think that he can have some success. I know Kansas City had limited success running the football against Detroit. I, I think that's more of a Kansas City problem than anything. I'm not convinced that Detroit's a, a great run staffing unit so far. So uh, I think that Walker just has the overall talent level to be relevant. I, I think he'll get some goal line work if they get down there. I don't think a lot of people are going to play him. So he's in my player pool. Uh, I like DK. Lockett is fine as well. Um, as far as Smith and Jigba, I don't think I'm going to go there yet. I want to see it before I uh, really start to invest heavily there. So I lied because I have one more question here. Uh, first of all, I want to point out that Sam Laporte is 3,900, and, and I kind of like him. You can add him to the mix of the rotation of players you might want to double stack uh, Jared Goff with. But the other question is, Jameer Gibbs' price is really interesting considering his touch share in week one against Kansas City. You would not necessarily expect him to be $500 more than, let's say, David Montgomery, his teammate, who was on the field more than he was uh, in week one. But I love, especially in this environment, I love the idea of his touches, his touch share potentially going up and really kind of finding some space against the Seattle Seahawks defense is 6,300 a little bit too expensive for him. Or are you willing to speculate with Jameer Gibbs? I think it's too much right now. Um, The reason for it is I know it was his first career game and I know we've said we're going to unleash him. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it still Um, David Montgomery. I know that it's one game. He ran the ball 21 times. Uh, Jameer Gibbs touched the ball seven times and had two targets in the passing game. I, I think that their idea of giving him more touches could make that seven number 12, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you bring Montgomery down to 17, 18, which is still a healthy no- amount. I, I don't think that I want to get into the timeshare there because there's no guarantee that Gibbs is going to be the one carrying the ball at the goal line either, which is ultimately what you have to have in DFS. you got to have the touchdowns, right? If not, I don't think we're accurately projecting enough volume for him uh, to, you know, to be worried about things like the 100-yard bonus, things like that yet. Um, so I, I think it's all about touchdowns. And considering what we've seen from Montgomery in his career, I, I'm going to stay off of Gibbs until I see it. Yeah, and it's very likely you'll p- be able to create some double leverage with if, if you wanted to take the chance of playing David Montgomery and kind of fading the other pieces, which a lot of other people are going to play, yeah. um, th- that's a, that's a, it's a high risk there, but certainly high reward if that ends up paying off. David Montgomery lands in the end zone a couple times, maybe catches a couple passes. Uh, Anthony Richardson, speaking of landing in the end zone, uh, Colts QB showed out in week one against the Jaguars. And the question becomes, is he a sneaky play this weekend? I mean, he almost won me $25,000, really close to winning me 25 K with a Pittman stack in week one. Uh, Stick around after this quick message. We'll talk all about it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. Colts plus one at the Texans. It's a 40-point total. Mike, are you interested in this game? It's obviously a low total. Um, you know, Anthony Richardson, I, I think, is interesting, although he's not 5000 anymore, right? He's 6300 That's a pretty big price increase, certainly justified. I think this Texans defense is pretty bad. Uh, but, again, it's a very low total. Uh, I think the Anthony Richardson-Pittman combo, I think it's in play. I don't know that I'm going to get there. Nico Collins on the, on the, on the way back at 4,700. Uh, that certainly makes sense. I don't know if I'm getting there with any of these guys, though. Are you? Yeah, I'm probably not getting there with anyone. Uh, if I were to get anyone in the game, it's probably Richardson. Uh, I, w- I would probably you know, take a, a flyer on that. I, I think that the price point definitely had an, an aggressive adjustment here. Uh, when you look at it, he's just $600 less than Joe Burrow. He's more than Daniel Jones, more than Jared Goff, uh, more than Geno Smith. He's $400 less than Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is an okay comp for him in terms of where he maybe should be. Um, but what we're saying that it, it's it's not a situation where you have the price point where you can just jam him in and then build a lineup full of studs around him. So I, I'm going to say, as of right now, I'm not playing anyone in this game. Okay, I like it. And the note on Nico Collins, again, there, there's a lot of sort of value receivers. We already addressed a couple of them, but Nico Collins did catch 6 of 11 for 80 yards in week one. So if you were if you were to somehow say, hey, listen, this game is going to go over. People don't know what they're talking about. Stroud's going to be good against this Colts defense, and Anthony Richardson's going to run all over him, and it's going to be 47 points, and it's not going to be 40. You're welcome to make that argument. And for the record, I don't hate that argument. Yeah. Uh, and if you're going to do that stack, let's say you could play Anthony Richardson naked, of course. Uh, but you could also play him with his primary receiver, Michael Pittman. That really worked out last week if you did that. And by the way, the ownership percentage on Anthony Richardson, you saw my lineup in the recap episode on Tuesday. It was 4.8%. And the ownership on Michael Pittman was 1.8%. So the, part of the reason my stack almost 125K is because it had a collective stack ownership of less than 7%. Again, if you wanted to do that, you could bring it back with Nico Collins and hope this game really goes off. A game that's probably not going to go off, but is at least a little interesting to me is we got the Bears plus two and a half at the Buccaneers. Another low total, 40 and a half, uh, kind of a ho-hum game. Fields at 7,600. The only reason I say this game is even moderately interesting is there's no way, no way anybody wants to pay for just, including me, by the way, pay for Justin Fields at 7,600, knowing what else is out there this week and knowing what Justin Fields did last week. There's no running backs to play in these games as far as I'm concerned. I'm not playing Rashad White personally. I'm not going to try to figure out what's going on with the Bears running backs in week two. I'm not going to play DJ Moore at 5,500. I do think that because nobody's going to play Fields that he's at least interesting. I mean, is it even worth talking about though, Mike? Because I mean, I, I may not even get there. Yeah, I mean, I think you could just make the blanket statement. Justin Fields is fast. He has the upside with his legs. He can score two touchdowns and run for 100 yards any week uh, that he, you know, any matchup, right? So if you want to play him in DFS and take a shot, I I think it's totally fine. Uh, I'm not going to do it this week. I I think there are way too many great spots. The only guy I have interest in this game is Rashad White. Uh, Just from the price point, the opportunity, I think the game's going to be extremely competitive here. Um, I think that Tampa Bay played relatively well. They definitely got outplayed by Minnesota in week one. They were fortunate to win that game. Uh, I think this game will see some back and forth, but I was encouraged. He touched the football 19 times. Um, Will we see it again? Maybe, maybe not. I'm willing to take a shot on it. If we don't get any additional value at the running back position, I think value opens up by Sunday morning personally. Uh, But if not, I'm fine paying the 5,500 here for Rashad White. He's the lead back. I think he's going to be involved in the passing game. Baker Mayfield is someone who utilized his running backs out of the backfield a ton in his career. Uh, I would expect this number where he had just two targets in the last game. 
I think there are scenarios where we see games for Rashad White that he has five, six, seven targets uh, out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, you know, Rashad White, he's one of those names that, like, doesn't impress anybody. But if he's going to get all the volume against the Bears of all teams with Tampa at home, it makes a lot of sense at 5,500 on DraftKings. So uh, I like that. Speaking of running quarterbacks, uh, we've so- we certainly have the upgrade uh, from Justin Fields uh, to Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are plus three and a half. I think this might be teetering at, at, at three now. Uh, at yeah. the Bengals, it's a 46 and a half point total. My favorite play in this game is Zay Flowers at 5,000, just because of all the work he got in week one. And I don't anticipate that dropping off. I do think the Bengals secondary specifically can be exposed. I'm not really interested in like the Justice Hill, Gus Edwards thing. I think that front seven is pretty decent for the Cincinnati Bengals. What I'm really curious about is, A, do you like Zay Flowers? B, are you playing Lamar Jackson at all? I don't think I am. And C, is the Burrow-Chase connection, is it back? Full disclosure, that was my stack on our cheat sheet. I had Burrow to Chase. I I didn't, and this is on me, I didn't know it was going to be bad weather. So that's something I I could probably fully investigate, even though it was kind of two days prior to the game kicking off. But that certainly didn't work out. I'm just curious, are you interested in any of those pieces this week? Yeah, I love this game. So, yeah, I think this game is super, super fascinating for DFS. Uh, another one that's got an extreme range of outcomes in terms of the total number of points scored. I think there's zero doubt that the teams move the footballs between the 20s. It all comes down to red zone efficiency here, um, which, you know, it's kind of a silly statement because all, all football games really do. But this one specifically, I don't see any issues moving the football. Um I, I'm not going to play Lamar. I, I do like Joe Burrow. I'm playing a lot of Joe Burrow, a lot of Jamar Chase. Uh, one of my favorite uh, stacks this week is Burrow to Chase. Chase has had a ton of success in this particular matchup. Played him four times. If you remember, this is one of those matchups where he had the 200-yard game, 125 yards, has never had fewer than 10 targets against the Baltimore Ravens in his career. I think that they go right back to him here. Uh, Baltimore, a ton of injuries to talk about. Their offensive line, down two linemen, down the running back. I, I think that they're okay at running back. You can kind of replace that position relatively easily. I, I'm not going to say Dobbins isn't a loss. It definitely is. Uh, but they also, the secondary, they're extremely beat up. I think Jamar Chase has a massive, massive game here. Um, like is over if you're betting player props as well. Found that at 78 and a half. I think that number should be 85 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, all in on the Bengals side. Love Zay Flowers as a bring back. Love him as an individual play at the price point of 5000 He is a $6,500 player. He's just not that expensive yet. If I wanted to play a cheaper stack, are you okay with the skinny stack of Zay and Jamar? I am, yes. Uh, and then the only other call that I want to make on the Bengals side, Irv Smith. Uh, flashed a ton of upside when he played in Minnesota. I think he's going to be heavily involved going forward for Cincinnati. Love him at tight ends. Loved including him uh, in these stacks in this game. Okay. I think we can move on there. You're obviously out on – I think you mentioned this. You're out on the um, the Ravens running backs. You're out on Joe Mixon as well? Uh, I'll play Mixon uh, a little bit. And the reason I'll play Mixon is, is kind of what you mentioned, the double leverage on David Montgomery in the Lions spot. Uh, there are scenarios where we do move the footballs in the 20s, but uh, it ends up being Mixon rushing touchdowns. I think that that could definitely happen here. And real quick, do you mind just – I don't know how articulately I explained it about 12 minutes ago. Uh, the double leverage is sort of uh, the position. Let's just explain it to, to, to those that might be new um, and explain it as it pertains to Joe Mixon, for example. Yeah, so what we're looking at there is basically you say a lot of people want to play Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, things like that, betting on that Bengals offense but betting on the passing game. Uh, if you're a little lukewarm on it or you just want to get a little different, you, you start to look at betting on some of those running backs – uh, taking some of that touchdown equity away. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase tackled inside the five-yard line, right, on a deep ball. Now you've got a great scenario for uh, for Joe Mixon to score. So things like that, when you see ownership levels on games that we all kind of know are going to be popular and or just high-scoring environments, looking for ways to get different in those games that also still has a significant amount of touchdown equity. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think David Montgomery and I'm not saying I'm necessarily getting there with him, but I think he's like the perfect example, especially when you look last year at what happened when Jamal Williams was on that team. We had a Ross St. Brown that got tackled at the two yard line pretty much every single game, it seemed like. And then David Montgomery, well, in, in this case, last year was Jamal Williams. But in, in for, for this week could be David Montgomery with three touchdowns because they have it inside the five. Thanks to Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, 
uh, Sam Laporta, whoever it is. And David Montgomery just gets the benefit of being in the right place at the right time in the green zone. So those are the types of double leverage opportunities when you know Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown are going to be really popular. When you know Josh Reynolds might be at least somewhat popular from a value standpoint. If none of the points go there and they go to David Montgomery, then you got all the points from that game. But it didn't go to the to the players that everybody was playing. So that's, again, um, just some emphasis on that double leverage concept, because I do think it's in, it's really important for NFL DFS. What's also important for the NFL is Travis Kelsey. And I'd love your position here. I'm going to have you play doctor and whether you think he's going to play or not. The Chiefs are minus three and a half at the Jaguars. It's the highest total. It's teetering in that 51 and a half, 51 range. Uh, I have an issue with this game just because I, I never really know who to stack Patrick Mahomes with, although I think Kadarius Tony is interesting. I think Rasheed Rice is really interesting at, a, I believe, 3,800, Kadarius Tony at 4,600. And then, of course, there's that Travis Kelsey character at 7,600, who I think Mike is going to be limited even if he plays. Uh, what's your position on this Kansas City offense this week? Yeah, so I like the Kansas City offense a lot. Uh, full disclosure, I bet them already. I uh, bet them before it went to 3.5. Got a little at 2.5, a little at 3. Um, I, I think it's very telling the line going to three and a half already. Uh, some of that is related to Chris Jones defensively coming back. Um, as far as Kelsey playing or not, this is what I think happens. I think that he is listed questionable heading into the game for sure. We don't have any sort of status before official inactives, which will be 90 minutes before. I don't think there's any reason for them to say, yes, he's playing. No, he's not, uh, you know, in terms of competitive advantage. I don't think there's any reason to disclose that information before the 90 minutes before kick, if I were Kansas City. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what I expect from there is I expect him to be active and potentially be limited, play a limited number of snaps, um, maybe have just a limited section of the playbook. But simply having, you know, in, in some situations like this, that's not a great thing when a player is out there like that. When you're Travis Kelsey, I think that his presence alone definitely – changes the way defenses have to play against this offensive unit. Uh, so I, I think it's a net positive overall. I, I'm not treating it as if he's in no matter what they tell me. They could tell me today Travis Kelsey's active playing. I'm not going to treat it as if Travis Kelsey's 100%. Um, but I do love Kansas City either way. And what's, this, what's the preferred stack? Let's assume that Kelsey is active, but most reports are that he's going to be limited. He's going to be on some sort of snap count and, and you know, the, the, those kinds of, of answers to the Travis Kelsey question. How are you stacking Patrick Mahomes? Honestly, with me, it's Kadarius Toney uh, going right back to him, 4,600. You know, we can talk all we want about the drops that he had. They're very unfortunate. They cost him the game. He single-handedly lost him that game uh, with some of those massive drops, right? But you know what else has to happen when, to drop a pass like that? You have to you run an incredible route to put yourself yeah. in position to be that open and to be in those positions. And that's what he has actually done throughout his career consistently here. He's got Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes hasn't given up on him. He's not going to yet. If he has that kind of performance again, it, then we might have some issues, right? But this is the kind of spot where you go right back to it. You get him there. You get the confidence going. He is an incredible athlete when you put the football in his hands. Uh, you watched last night, Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard. Goddard was very unhappy after week one. Massive focus on getting Dallas Goddard the ball. I think that that happens here as well. Uh, I think Kadarius Toney is a fantastic play. He's such a weapon in the red zone as it is at this cheap price point. He is very live to score one of the touchdowns. And that, he may only have two catches uh, and a touchdown, and he's not going to kill you at this salary. Uh, but I think he's got massive, massive upside here. So I'm going to take the chance, and I'm going to stack him with Kadarius Toney. And is it likely that you're stacking Mahomes with a second person as well? And it might depend on what we hear from Kelsey because of the Noah Gray situation. Is Rasheed Rice in play? Is it, is it going to be Mahomes with two pass catchers, or is it just going to be Mahomes with one? Uh, in the primary stack, it'll likely be Mahomes and Tony only. Uh, if Kelsey is somehow ruled out, it'll be Tony and Gray. Um, I, I like Noah Gray still. I, I think he's a tremendous athlete. I think he's extremely extremely underrated because of the shadow that he's played in here with Travis Kelsey. Um, Rice is in play. They're, they're all really in play. And the beauty of the Kansas City after Travis Kelsey, yes, it's unfortunate because we don't know what that volume looks like, but the price points reflect that, right? So you're, you're stacking in a guy that's 3,800. Noah Gray's 3,400. Kadarius Toney's 4,600. Like you're not speculating on a $6,000 player. You're not speculating on like Juju Smith-Schuster like we had to last year. Uh, these guys are a lot cheaper than that. It changes the lineup construction significantly. 
and the run back options. I mean, obviously Ridley is certainly in play. I think Etienne is in play here. Uh, I'm curious, are, are you playing either of those two guys? And does do guys like Christian Kirk, Zay, do they make it into the conversation? Or English? Yeah, they could definitely make it in the conversation. Uh, Ridley is simply too cheap. Uh, I think it's I, I think Calvin Ridley might be a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he's that good, um, and I think he's clearly going to have the opportunity uh, in this game. So he's still too cheap for me uh, until he's priced closer to some of the real top studs. I, I got to continue to play him. Uh, as far as other guys, Travis Etienne, I like that call out. It would definitely be a Mahomes stack if I was playing Etienne uh, as a bring back there. Building on the scenario that the Jaguars are playing extremely well, Mahomes has to play catch up a little bit, uh, which is certainly certainly possible in this game. So, yes, definitely interested in the Jaguars side as well. And I'll just note that just from a double leverage standpoint, since we keep talking about that, and I hate to just abuse that phrase. I mean, I'm not going to use it you know, every single game when we have a situation like this. But, Mike, I, I kind of think that Isaiah Pacheco is going to be like the running back. I mean, I don't think we're going to see Clyde Edwards Alaire. I don't think we're going to see yep. McKinnon much, except for, you know, special third down situations for the most part. I feel like Pacheco, if you're not, if you're not playing Mahomes, I feel like Pacheco at 5,700, I think you could make the argument that there's two touchdowns at play for Isaiah Pacheco against Jacksonville. Definitely. Yeah, there are definitely scenarios there. Um, yeah, I view him very similar to uh, a guy like Rashad White, who we talked about with Tampa Bay. The mm-hmm. volume may or may not be the same, but the upside is clearly there. All right. Love that. All right. Well, we have the Sunday afternoon slate and our cheat sheet in Mike's top three all coming up after a message from our partners. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back, Mike. We've got the afternoon slate, which is really interesting. You know, we have the two Monday night games, and there's not a lot of high-flying afternoon slate games. There's four of them. And the first one we're going to start with is probably the most exciting one, at least from a point total standpoint. It's the 49ers minus eight at the Rams. We know that, and by the way, this line may have grown a little bit with the Puka Nakua news. Maybe it's at eight and a half at this point. I got to double check that. But, you know, I I think this is an interesting play here with uh, Christian McCaffrey in particular. I'm curious if you're going to play him. He's obviously expensive, but I'm not sure he's priced appropriately. And then on the other side, we know we have Nakua, who has like pretty good value if he's healthy. We know if he's not healthy, people are probably going to pivot to like a 2-2 at well at 4,700, which makes plenty of sense in my opinion. Uh, where are you at on this game? Are, are there going to be any pieces from this game in your lineups? Yeah, I like Christian McCaffrey, honestly. Uh, I agree with you. He, he is expensive, obviously, but the price point is not caught up to the opportunity uh, in this game. Uh, played a ton of snaps in week one. I expect the same here. Uh, I think he's going to have a few big runs. I think he's going to have just a few big plays overall in this game. So I, I really like McCaffrey. He's in my player pool for sure. Um Debo, I think Debo Samuel is going to be popular. I think Brandon Ayuk is going to garner a little ship, a little bit of ownership as well. Um, I'm probably going to play Barack Purdy, though. I got to tell you, um, mm. I, I liked his chemistry with uh, with Brandon Ayuk a little bit. I think with this game being in this controlled environment in the dome here uh, against a relatively weak uh, defensive unit, it wouldn't shock me if they use this opportunity to try a little bit more with Brock Purdy and, and really. Uh, work on some things and try and build some of that real in-game chemistry a bit here. I think that that's something that they can get away with doing in this game. I know they don't want to go out and get anybody hurt, but I, I think they're going to have their way. And I think that Christian McCaffrey is so valuable catching passes out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. He can turn a three-yard pass into a 70-yard touchdown uh, pretty, pretty easily. So I like the price point here. This is a scenario where I will have a Brock Purdy lineup with Christian McCaffrey uh, and essentially betting on that 49ers offense as a whole. Yeah, I think what's really interesting about a Brock Purdy stack, too, is is one thing, Mike, uh, that I stressed on the Tuesday recap episode, because I did put up one of my lineups from the afternoon slate, which honestly, in my opinion, wasn't anything special, but it, it 4X'd and it honestly had a chance to probably win if I just made one or two small adjustments. But the larger point here is that the afternoon slate, it, it's got a lot of games that have really low totals. And in yeah. my opinion, if you are to play the afternoon slate, which I'll, I'll tell you, I think it's softer. I'll be playing it too. 
I think a Purdy to CMC lineup makes a ton of sense because you're you're getting that discount from CMC by playing Brock Purdy. I think you can add another piece in there if you want, if it's if it's affordable, uh, which I think it kind of might be. The only two quarterbacks I was even really interested in, Mike, from a from a stacking standpoint in the afternoon slate, or even from a quarterback standpoint, it was Brock Purdy, and it was this next game. It was Daniel Jones, uh, the Giants minus six at, at the Cardinals, 39.5 point total. And for the record, I'm not playing Daniel Jones in the main slate. I probably won't even get to Brock Purdy in the main slate. But I thought in the afternoon slate, you could play Daniel Jones naked, and it might be okay if he gets you those rushing yards that sometimes we can get from him. So first of all, let's just talk about the main slate. So forget about the afternoon slate for now. I think Daniel Jones is in play for that. I think Brock Purdy is in play for that, especially with CMC or another pass catcher. But I can't imagine there's much from this game that you like. I think Saquon Barkley is at least interesting, but he's 8,000. And I know we don't love to pay up for running backs. And to the extent we do, we already talked about how much we like Derrick Henry. I talked about how much I like Josh Jacobs. I can't imagine you're getting to anybody in this game. Nobody in this game. Uh, so the typical line that we'll use here, when I tell you there's nobody in the game, that means you can probably take a flyer on one of the defenses. Uh, if you want to get contrarian in a tournament, I think that that's fine. Uh, but yeah, other than that, no, uh, no position players for me here. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think we can just like literally move on from that. Yeah. Uh, even in the afternoon slate, I didn't find myself playing Saquon Barkley. Um, I think I got to James Conner in one of the two lineups that I built, but there's just nothing here for me. I'm not going to play Darren Waller uh, personally. All right. So we got, the two 405 games. Now we have two 425 games. I bring up those specific times because I want you to know that when you're doing late swap, and again, we, we've already explained in our offseason series what late swap is and how it's important in, in all of those things. Well, you can late swap up until the time of the kickoff. So obviously the 405 games at 415, you can't late swap that Giants in San Francisco game, but you still have time if you want to, to late swap Jets, Cowboys, Commanders, Broncos, to the extent you have players in those games that you want to get out of or switch or whatever the case may be. We gave you all the reasons why you might want to do something like that in previous shows. Jets plus nine and a half at the Cowboys, 38 and a half point total. I think both of these defenses are in play. Uh, obviously, the Jets are the lesser uh, price defense at 2,700. Other than that, I can't imagine playing any Jets. Uh, I think you know, in the afternoon slate, if that's what you're playing, I think Tony Pollard is at least interesting, but I'm not really interested in playing any Cowboys against this Jets defense. Yeah. So this feels like another game, like talking about the main slate and really even the afternoon slate, another game where like the Giants Cardinals, where I just don't want any piece other than the defenses. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of weeks where you really want to have what we call PMR, the player minutes remaining on your DraftKings screen. I don't think you want a lot of PMR this week, to be honest yeah. with you. I, I don't think you're going to want a lot of it here. So I agree with you. Uh, you can play the defenses if you want. I think the Jets defense is a fine play overall. Um, Tony Pollard is okay in a tournament. Uh, he's got the upside. He's got the skill set. He can clearly be involved in the running game. We finally saw him get some goal line work. That was encouraging. Uh, he's got upside in the passing game. So that's really the only thing I could get to. Um, but I, I would need to be playing quite a few lineups in tournaments to do that. Absolutely. All right. Well, I hate to I hate to break the news to everybody, but the, the last game on this slate uh, is pretty much tied for the lowest total or it's certainly in the neighborhood of that same uh, with that Jets and Cowboys game in that 38 and a half uh, point neighborhood. It's the commanders plus three and a half at the Broncos. So I don't like any pieces of this game. Again, I think this is one of those situations where you could play the defenses. Yep. I, I guess my question for you is, do you like any pieces here? And I'm just curious, like, listen, Brian Robinson at fifty two hundred. I'm not super impressed with Brian Robinson, uh, so I'm, I'm not going to go there, even though it's a great price point. Um, Jahan Dotson at 4,900, I think in theory that's great, except for the fact that we just talked about three or four receivers yeah. that are less than Jahan Dotson, some $1,000, 1200 less than Jahan Dotson. So I don't see how you would get there for that unless, of course, you're on the afternoon slate. So is it defenses or nothing here, Mike? It's defenses or nothing for me. Um, you know, you're going to all – I guess – if you want to take a shot on guys like Corlin Sutton, but I think Judy's back. So it's, I, I'm not going to get to anything in this game. Uh, it's just like the two before it. I know it's not necessarily fun to, to be that way, but no comment is a comment for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And for the record, uh, do you like Washington plus three and a half? I mean, it, it, I assume it's not an official play of yours, but if you had to lean one way or the other, would it be Washington or would it be Denver? Uh, I have it right around that number there. I, I'm going back and forth there. The only reason I lean slightly to the Denver side is getting Judy back. The home field advantage and the altitude uh, is the yeah. only slight reason. But I, I think the, the game is priced appropriately where it is. Yeah, agree with that. All right. We're going to get to our cheat sheet. But before we do that, Mike, we got to get your top three at each position. So let's run through it. Uh, let's start 
at the quarterback position, no huge surprise. I previewed this or I foreshadowed it on the Tuesday show that perhaps Patrick Mahomes would take the lead here. Am I right? You are correct. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, top quarterback this week. Joe Burrow, number two for me. I'm going right back to him. Uh, Very disappointing performance. Throwing it out, he's always struggled with Cleveland. There was elements in that game. Things just didn't go well. I I think they bounced back in a big way against a very beat-up Baltimore Ravens team. Uh, And then Brock Purdy. Uh, I I think the price point's too cheap. I don't think anyone's going to play people on that afternoon, you know, from that afternoon set of games. Uh, but I think he's got a ton of upside with big plays to Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I like the price point. I like what I can do with it. Uh, so give me a little Brock Purdy there. Uh, moving right. to running back, uh, the guy I mentioned, Rashad White. As of right now, he's in there. Uh, it's just a price point play. I don't think a ton of people get to him. I love the volume, almost 20 touches in week one. I expect the volume to decrease slightly rushing the ball, but increase significantly in the passing game. Baker Mayfield throughout his career has relied heavily on his running backs out of the backfield. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, no surprise here. Love him here. He's very expensive. He's not expensive enough in this matchup. He's going to touch the football a ton. If he only plays three quarters here, it's because he's already scored two touchdowns and has 130 yards. Mm. Uh, Joe Mixon. Again, I love the Bengals offense this week. I think there's definitely scenarios where he's involved, uh, and I think there are scenarios where he has some of that goal line work, captures some of that touchdown variance. So I'm going to play him, and yeah, ready to go to wide receiver next? Yeah, let's go to wide receiver. And it's interesting here because, like I said, this is a guy that I had as as part of my – not part of my – was was my stack. I had Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, and I'm, I'm kind of excited that you have kind of put Jamar Chase number one here because – I wasn't sure whether I was going back to him. And now, you know, again, it could have been yes or no, but you've kind of tipped the scales to to my direction in terms of playing him, especially against sort of a tattered, uh, battered uh, Ravens secondary defense in particular. So let's go with the top three at wide receiver. Yes, it's Jamar Chase number one. And I make this very similar to last week. I talked about Tyreek Hill being the top overall wide receiver last week over Justin Jefferson, over those other guys. They all had good games other than Jamar Chase, but Tyreek went absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's what Jamar Chase does here. I I think he's the clear-cut top wide receiver on the slate, uh, and it's really not close. Uh, So I'm going to be playing him, stacking him up a ton. Love him in this matchup. The Ravens secondary will not contain him. Uh, Kadarius Tony is my number two. Uh, it's a bit of a value play, but I love Kadarius Tony here. I, I think Patrick Mahomes goes right back to him. I think this is a matchup against Jacksonville where we see a ton of points. Uh, those are the kind of games where they dig a little deeper into the playbook, put the ball in Kadarius Tony's hands. Uh, he's way too cheap for his skill set. I know he's dropped some passes, but way, way, way too cheap, especially if you have a limited or no Travis Kelsey. Uh, and then finally, same game, bringing back to stack Calvin Ridley. Also, too cheap. Uh, I think he might be the second best receiver behind Jamar Chase on the slate. So I, I like him a lot. By the way, I love what you said about Kadarius Tony, and I completely agree. You know, what gets you in the doghouse, generally speaking, or what, what a coach will really kind of like bench you for, it's missed assignments. It's just bad route running, just kind of like being a bad receiver. The drops are so correctable. It's kind of like fumbles where there's just a lot of variance when it comes to stuff like that. So the fact that Kadarius Tony was putting himself in those spots and, and the fact that there's not a dominant receiver on that team in this matchup, I, I, I totally agree with you, Mike. I think this yeah. could be a one or two touchdown uh, kind of thing with a lot of design plays to Kadarius Tony, uh, like we see in other spots with receivers, kind of like getting back on the right page because the coach is going to force feed that uh, for that receiver. Tight end, what do you got, top three? All right, we're going on a lot of value here for now. Herb Smith, uh, again, I'm playing a lot of Joe Burrow. I, I think Herb Smith, someone's going to be involved in this Bengals passing attack. I really do. Um, and he's so cheap right now, so I, I like him. Uh, Luke Musgrave, Green Bay Packers, I think he's too cheap. I think he's going to have some opportunity, especially with the running back situation. If they can't rely on Aaron Jones as much, uh, I think there's an additional target or two going that direction. And then finally, it's the Chiefs tight end. Uh, I'll play a little Travis Kelsey potentially, uh, but likely Noah Gray. Uh, I think Noah Gray is extremely, extremely talented and uh, will definitely be ready to go in this game. Okay. I think it's time for me to do my cheat sheet and then Mike, you can do yours. I got a, I got a mea culpa here. Uh, I stole your uh, chalk play. 
You convinced nice. me and I just outright stole it. I put it in after you. So my Love bad it. on that. But here's my stack. I didn't steal this one from you because I know this one's in your top five, but it's not in your top three. I like Jared Goff 6,200 to Amon Ross St. Brown at 7,800. I, I just think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to gobble up all of those targets. We know with Jamison Williams down for the first six weeks, and we know with Josh Reynolds being a, a – Far cry from Amon Ross St. Brown as a, as a secondary receiver. Marvin Jones is certainly not that dude, nor is Khalif Raymond. So I, I think that connection is going to be there against Seattle's defense. Value play, I love Zay Flowers at 5,000. Uh, I think he'll end up being chalk, but my chalk play for the record is Calvin Ridley at 7,200. That's the one I stole from Mike. My contrarian play is Derrick Henry against that Chargers defense or lack thereof at 7,400. And my fate is going to be Debo Samuel. I mean, if he's going to be chalky, like, listen, there's a lot of targets on that team. Kittle IU, Christian McCaffrey, Debo. It really could go to a lot of different people. But we know CMC is probably going to be that primary guy for Brock Purdy. So I'm happy to go ahead and fade Debo Samuel against the Rams in a game that could get out of hand. Mike, your cheat sheet. Patrick Mahomes to Kadarius Tony, my favorite stack here. I uh, love the price point on Kadarius Tony because it really averages out that $8,300 salary on Patrick Mahomes. I uh, love him in this in this game. Value play, Rashad White, Tampa Bay running back. Uh, again, Baker Mayfield continues to use running backs in the passing game throughout his career. Uh, it, it's Rashad White's backfield. He touched the football 19 times uh, in that game. Now he gets an even better matchup, in my opinion, against Chicago. Love this spot. Chalk play, as you talked about, Calvin Ridley, $7,200. Uh, still not expensive enough. He, he's an $8,000 player. Contrarian play is part of my stack. Kadarius Tony. I don't think people are going to play Kadarius Tony after what they saw. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I really, really don't. Uh, looking at the projected ownership, not seeing a lot of ownership headed his direction. I think that will be especially true if Travis Kelsey is upgraded to active in this game. Uh, and then my fade, I'm going to fade Devontae Adams. Um, I, I think he's fine. I think he's talented. I think everyone in the building in Buffalo knows that that's where they want to put the football. And Buffalo actually has a few decent players in that secondary. They are all healthy. The defense will be fired up with that home crowd, uh, especially off that loss to that Jets team. Uh, yeah, I'm fading Devontae Adams. Yeah, I, I still I'm at a loss as to how the Bills managed to lose that game uh, under those circumstances in particular with a double digit lead. Uh, that's what happens when your quarterback turns it over on every single possession. Mike, I think that's our show. We did the cheat sheet. We did the top three. We did the game-by-game -game preview. What we need you to do is register for the FFT DFS contest, which, again, um, I've tweeted it out, the main fantasy football today. Uh, that, sh that, that Twitter handle will tweet it out, but it's in the link to the description to the YouTube and to the podcast feed. So it's only five bucks. Make sure you register that. And for the record, if you win, uh, we'll shout you out on the Tuesday recap show. That's the next time you're going to see me. We'll talk about our week two NFL main slate lineups. And of course, we'll look at early pricing. We'll take an early look at my favorite QBs, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, my favorite correlations, all of that stuff. It'll be a nice quick hitter show Tuesday morning. So make sure you tune in for that. But for now, that's Mike McClure. My name is Sia Najad. This is Fantasy Football Today DFS, and we'll see you on Tuesday.